This is the Crypto Valley Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Valley Podcast. My name is RK, and on this podcast, we explore the history of money from its very inception all the way to its current state and most importantly its future. We also discuss how the current financial system illusions investors and consumers and how you can exit and obtain your financial interdependence. So if you're someone who has average to no experience in finance and would like to take control of your financial future instead of trusting a banker or advisor, then this podcast is exactly for you. Today is the 21st of June 2020 and we are going to finish this three parts which has been all about defining what Bitcoin is, the nature of Bitcoin and uh, as we go on in this podcast we will once in a while always come back to this subject and of course this podcast is all about exploring bitcoin what bitcoin can do to society why bitcoin matters and so on and so on so its definition is the very core of this podcast but of course we also are going to discuss other economical and political aspects of the current financial system which do not really directly have anything to do with Bitcoin. But uh, in order to understand why Bitcoin matters, you also need to, from time to time, understand what problems exist in the world. So anyways, uh, today we are going to talk about the scarcity aspect of Bitcoin. And uh, in my opinion, this is my personal opinion, I find this aspect around Bitcoin the most fascinating and the most amazing part of it because it's so incredibly scarce and it makes it such a hard asset and it's the aspect which makes Bitcoin, in my opinion, extremely valuable for the long term because of its stock to flow model that we are going to also discuss in future episodes. But let's keep this simple and talk about why Bitcoin is scarce. So in 2008, when Satoshi invented Bitcoin, he programmed a specific rule in the protocol of the Bitcoin software, which set the rule of there only ever being 21 million bitcoins and of course at the beginning this scarcity was artificial because he could have changed that immediately before the network started to grow to any number so a lot of people actually say that the scarcity aspect of Bitcoin is quite artificial but it actually isn't because right now there is no one in control anymore and it's completely decentralized 
but of course at the beginning it was programmed to it and it was being put artificially in it but now as bitcoin has evolved as the network of bitcoin has become bigger and bigger and bigger and completely decentralized of course no one can touch this and change this uh, scarcity aspect of it or increasing or decreasing so this makes actually bitcoin quite different compared to the normal fiat currencies that we're used to because think about the fiat currencies that we have I actually have found one way of explaining this uh, which was one of the guys in Cointelegraph I don't remember his name but this guy put it so perfectly into perspective for you to understand what Bitcoin actually does compared to fiat currencies. So a fiat currency is basically, as you know, a quite stable currency over the short period of time. So the price of goods and services in a stable economy like let's say a first world country like this like the uh, US or in Switzerland you don't have as much price fluctuations as you of course have with commodities for example or with Bitcoin for example right why is that well the reason why is because the central bank of these currencies regulate the money supply and the money demand. So they artificially either bring in more currency into circulation or by increasing interest rates, subtract or decrease or at least lower the increase of supply of the currency in circulation. Now, this makes the currency, of course, short-termly quite stable, but over the long period, it completely distorts the economy and artificially tries to put prices into where they should be rather than where the markets want it to be. Of course, short-termly, that has the effect that the prices are quite stable but long-termly you create a currency that is inflationary in its nature that's how you call it in economy uh, in economic sense that the currency loses value over time long-termly because you keep producing more and more of it in fact, econ in fact, governments have an inflation target every year because they believe that growth exists only if there is inflation. Anyways, that's a school of thought. I don't want to go into that, but uh, that's what they do. Now, Bitcoin, however, does the exact opposite. Bitcoin does not sacrifice its supply production and is therefore over the short period of time very volatile but over the long period of time deflationary 
That means it stores the value over time. If you look at the chart from the beginning, the stock to flow model is the perfect chart that you can have a look at. I highly recommend the charts that they publish on the website. I will put it in the show notes as well for you to check them out. The guys are really doing a great job there. It's called uh, lookintobitcoin.com. And there you have multiple charts, but my favorite chart that they have is the stock to flow model, which basically shows on the chart the amount of Bitcoins in circulation over time and the price development over 10, over the past 11 or 12 years, ever since its inception. And it does the exact opposite like a fiat currency. You have a fixed amount of supply and because you have a fixed amount, fixed amount of supply and you don't sacrifice that aspect of the monetary policy, you, of course, pay the price of volatility or short-term price fluctuation, right? So th that's exactly the opposite of government money. Government money completely sacrifices the monetary aspect of the currency and keeps pumping more and more money into circulation and therefore keeps the prices stable over the short period of time, but over the long period of time completely devaluates the currency so you can never store your value in the currency. But over a very long period of time, as Bitcoin evolves and goes to higher and higher and higher uh, valuations, of course, the volatility will decrease more and more because there is more people talking in Bitcoin with each other, right? Right now, we are in this transition phase where Bitcoin is still not a medium of exchange. It can't be a perfect medium of exchange because it's not stable yet. So you have it as an asset, as an emerging new store of value asset where you can put your value to keep it uh, stored over long periods of time, but you can still not use Bitcoin as it's not scaled yet and as it's not in an environment where it's used or at least it has not reached mass adoption. And until then, you will have this huge price fluctuations, ups and downs, but over the long period of time, and this is not financial advice, guys, this is what has been happening over the past 11 years. I'm just telling you what has been happening over the 11 years. And that's exactly because of its supply schedule. And that's the next thing I want to talk about. So what is the supply schedule of Bitcoin? We know according to the protocol of Bitcoin, that there will only be a total amount of 21 million Bitcoins ever. However, the 21 million Bitcoins are not in circulation yet. There is a supply schedule of these 21 million Bitcoins that come into existence for every block that is mined. So if you remember, let me explain how that works. If you remember, we talked in the past episodes about the public ledger 
of Bitcoin. In this public ledger, you have the miners that basically validate transactions, right? So every 10 minutes, there is these blocks coming into existence with a lot of transactions in them. And the winner of that block gets the reward of new Bitcoins. And that's the supply schedule. So every 10 minutes, there is a new block and every 10 minutes on average, it's, it's not exactly every 10 minutes, but on average, every 10 minutes, a block is completed and transactions in the block are validated and the winner of that block gets a reward of right now 6.25 bitcoins however this was not the same at the beginning when bitcoin was invented at the beginning the reward was 50 bitcoins every 10 minutes so that's how the schedule has been programmed into the protocol. So at the beginning, it was 50 Bitcoins every 10 minutes per block. And every four years, this reward, this supply schedule gets cut in half. So if you take the first, it's called the halving. That's the halving event. That's uh, if you Google halving event of Bitcoin, that's what it exactly means. So every four years, there is this halving event where the supply is cut in half for every 10 minutes of the blocks that come into existence. So it went from 50 blocks per 10 minutes to 25 Bitcoins per 10 minutes in 2012. And in 2016, it went from 25 Bitcoins per 10 minutes to 12 and a half Bitcoins per 10 minutes. And now we are at, since May 2020, we are at 6.25 Bitcoins per 10 minutes. Now, why is that so important? It is very important because we are doing the exact opposite of what we are used to with traditional fiat government money. And we have, for the first time in history, a completely transparent and for everybody visible supply schedule of an asset. Because if you look at gold, for example, if you compare gold with Bitcoin, how many ounces or how much gold does exist in the world? You cannot answer this question. Nobody knows. And nobody knows how much more gold will there ever be. Maybe we go to Mars and we find more gold. That's a possibility. So the supply aspect of gold, even though it is very scarce, it is not fixed and it is not transparent. We do not know how much gold there ever will be. But with Bitcoin, on the other hand, we know exactly how much Bitcoin there will ever be. And we don't only know exactly how much the total will be, we even know the schedule of the supply that is pumped into circulation. 
So we have a completely predictable and transparent supply in this asset. So the only variable aspect of this asset is its demand. And the only question you need to ask yourself when you want to speculate, if you want to, if you want to answer the question where the price might go, is to ask yourself, will there be more demand in the future or will there be less demand in the future? Because even if demand will stay as it exactly is, but the supply goes down every four years, then naturally the price should go up. But if the demand goes down for some reason, for whatever reason, then of course the price can go down. But historically, there has been this community of so-called hodlers, that's what they call themselves, um, people who just buy Bitcoin and hold. They hold it for a very long period of time because they believe that there will be more and more adoption, there will be more and more price discovery, and the more time goes by, the higher the value of Bitcoin will go. Especially if you are in this extreme inflationary environment with central banks pumping so much liquidity into the markets with corona happening and banking being in huge crisis and central banks coming into supporting all these banks with so much liquidity and not only banks businesses uh, everything because as we explained before they have dicked themselves into a problem into an inflationary environment that they cannot come out of and deflation the opposite of inflation is their biggest enemy so they will have to do everything they can in order to fight deflation if they want this problem to not basically come into reality because if they would let the problem come to its reality we will have a huge economic disaster but at least we can naturally recover back but that's not what they want they want to postpone the problem into the future by discounting future revenues to the present and taking more and more debt from future taxpayers for the present uh, moment. The same example I gave you with the drug addict. They don't want the drug addict to go through enormous struggle in order to become clean. They want to feed the drug addict with more drug in order to make him forget about reality and what it is to be in a healthy environment. And this is what Bitcoin does. Bitcoin is scarce and it is completely decentralized. Guys, very important. There will be hundreds of other cryptocurrencies that will tell you that they're also scarce. But the difference is that Bitcoin is not artificially scarce anymore. It is decentralized. Because if you have a centralized cryptocurrency that is scarce, it's just like 
Gucci telling you that there is only a limited number of these bags. However, Gucci, if they want, they can produce more of those bags in the future. It's in their hand, right? Just like the central bank. They decide if they will produce more of the currency in the future or they will not. So you have a centralized uh, problem versus a decentralized uh, reality. And the scarcity in combination with the decentralized nature of Bitcoin makes the scarcity aspect completely impossible to be changed. And therefore, all these other cryptocurrencies that promise you that they will have a scarce asset, we know from experience that if you give too much power to a centralized number of people, they will, over time, they will break their promise and they will start printing more of it. That doesn't work, that has never worked and that will never work. We know that for sure. So that's quite important because many people know about this scarcity aspect, but then they look at other cryptocurrencies and they say, okay, uh, RK, how about other cryptocurrencies? Why is the scarcity aspect of Bitcoin so much more different? And it's because of its decentralized nature and many people don't pay as much attention to this aspect as they should, right? So this is actually it. I would like to close this up. I mean, if you have questions, guys, feel free to send me an email. The email address is in the show notes, ruzbehk at cryptovalleyshow.com and follow us on Instagram. We post every day really funny stuff there and also informative stuff but mostly funny stuff we are also on linkedin now we are on twitter we are on facebook as well you can find us under crypto valley show on all these platforms share this podcast with your loved ones if you enjoyed it and i wish you a beautiful sunday evening take care see you in the next episode